Welcome to the All Panthers podcast on the Prowl. I am your host, Matt Alkiza. I am a staff writer for All Panthers, the Sports Illustrated site that covers the Carolina Panthers. And I'm joined here today by who will be my co-host from here on out, Ian. Ian, say hello to the people. What's up, people? How's it going? It's going well uh, for me. I'm also a staff writer for All Panthers, uh, and I'm excited to be here. Cool. Uh, to answer your question, it's going well for me. Um, I hope that it's going well for the people that are listening to this on Tuesday or Wednesday, whatever. Um, so yeah, like I said, this is On the Prowl. We are an All Panthers uh, podcast. And going to kick us off, Ian, you want to share a little about yourself? How did you become a Panthers fan? Uh, I grew up in Charlotte, North Carolina. I grew up a proud Panthers fan. I was born two years after the Panthers became a team. Uh, so by then, I was entrenched in the black and blue. Um, I was gifted my first jersey when I was a kid, a vintage Wesley Walls jersey. Um, I didn't even know who Wesley Walls was, but I thought it was so cool. And ever since then, I have been there through the ups and the downs and whatever the team is right now. I, w- I would say our current situation is a down, but... Maybe on the upswing of the down? I'm not sure. Uh, I'm honestly not similar to you in my beginnings of Panthers fandom. I was born in New York, so I didn't really grow up a New York sports fan at all. I kind of rooted for the Giants a little bit. Uh, moved to Charlotte when I was in the fifth grade. And tr- really didn't start didn't start following the Panthers closely until I was in high school. Uh, the 2008 team that lost to the Cardinals in the divisional round was really the first year that... I became a Panthers fan, and you know it was a good start. I my heart was broken with Jake DeLone turning the ball over five times in a playoff game, uh, my first year really far in the Panthers. So I'm, I my heart was broken early. So at this point, I'm just kind of used to it. Um, so yeah, I've been a huge fan that ever at least since. Means you were around for the redemption when we kicked the crap out of the Cardinals a few years later. That is true. Yes, that is easily my best moment as a Panthers fan. Just you know, twenty. 16 or 2015 2016 nfc championship game can't really beat that uh we forget what happened after there but that was about as good as it got for us um ian why do you want to be the host of the panthers podcast um i love football i love sports in general i love talking about it i was always the guy in my friend group that had way too much about to say about whatever game was on uh and the players in it and this is really just a platform for me to run my mouth some more. So I'm really excited <laughs> to do that. Thanks for the opportunity, Matt. Yeah, I mean, I'd literally the same exact boat. I feel like this is just what I do and what I think about all the time. So I figured why not put a microphone in front of my face while I talk about it? And why not spill my thoughts into the audio medium that is a podcast? Um, so yeah, like I said, this is... This podcast is called On the Prowl. We are both writers for All Panthers, the Sports Illustrated site uh, that covers the Carolina Panthers. And our plan going forward, at least through the offseason, is maybe an episode or two a week, just kind of getting people geared up for what is going to come this season. Maybe you're a fan who kind of checks out when the season ends and you're just about to get back into uh, following football. Our hope is that we can kind of give some information, kind of catch you up on where the team has been over the last six months. Or maybe you're like us and you never stop following the Panthers. Uh, And this can kind of feel like a conversation amongst friends where you are 
hearing things that you already know, but maybe hearing them broken down in a different way. And once the season gets going, we our plan is two episodes a week, one reviewing the previous week's game, and then a preview of the coming week's game. And we would love to have some guests from other Sports Illustrated sites to talk about the teams that the Panthers are playing to kind of get a better idea of what we are going to be facing on Sunday afternoons. So with that, our first episode is going to be kind of a, a state of the roster. Uh, we'll have two of these. We're going to start with the offense. And you can't really get into a state of the roster without discussing what is happening in the coaching staff as well. So the Panthers fired uh, offensive coordinator Joe Brady midway through the season last year and then hired Ben McAdoo this past offseason. So Ian, just kind of overall umbrella thoughts. Talk to me about what you think about Ben McAdoo. Yeah, Ben McAdoo is a uh, West Coast style offensive coordinator. Lots of quick, open field type reads for the quarterback. He much prefers in past iterations of his offenses. Uh, Shotgun, three-step drop, lots of screen passes, slants, uh, just keeping the ball moving and getting out of the quarterback's hands as much as possible. Um, It sounds really great in theory. He's had some decent iterations of his teams. Uh, He has made some players some money. He's uh, provided some unexpiring uninspiring outings as well. Uh, I, as a whole, am feeling fine about him as offensive coordinator. Uh, It's not someone who I'm going to be thinking, oh my god, what is Ben McAdoo going to do this Sunday? I'm so excited, like uh, Kellen Moore type, the coach he was under last year in Dallas. Um, But there are some good things that I think he does that complement the players we do have in place well and can help us identify with some of our uh, strengths we currently have are and where we need to get better going forward. Yeah, I was looking when the Panthers first hired Ben McAdoo. I was kind of I went back and looked at some stats for the 2014 to 2017 Giants that he was the offensive coordinator for the first two of those years, and he became their head coach after that. And he would they were a below average offense in both rushing and passing according to EPA per play. Um, and it's not like they weren't talented. I mean, Eli Manning is a decent quarterback. He made one Pro Bowl with McAdoo in charge. Uh, Odell Beckham was obviously on those teams. Uh, so, you know, I I feel similarly to you. When we hired Ben McAdoo, it was, it's just fine. Um, it just kind of feels like another thing that the Panthers are doing that is pretty uninspiring. Um, and I, I feel like that's just the way the team has felt over the past couple of years is just fine. Ever since Cam Newton got hurt, there's not really any, not really a ton to root for um, on this team. And this just feels like another hire that is kind of just rolling the ball down the hill of mediocrity that the Panthers have kind of been on the last couple of years. So with your Ben McAdoo thoughts, what would you say the like ceiling for this offense is? Like a top 20 offense, top 15 offense in the NFL? Um, Well, I'd say I really like the fact that Baker Mayfield will probably be encouraged to get the ball out sooner. Um, Mm. So in that respect, I think we have like top 25 offense in the NFL potential uh, in terms of efficiency. We'll probably put up some more points than we're used to if uh, all goes as planned and CMC can stay healthy. Uh, But as a whole, I expect our pace to provide more points than our efficiency. Um, And 
So that's probably where I'd be comfortable saying is top 25, which is, yeah. It's not, not great. <laughs> not great, no. Five, but uh, it's better than it was. So that's something. Um, I, I do think there's a lot to look forward to with McAdoo in terms of he did get that chance to spend a year under Kellen Moore, the coveted offensive mm-hmm. coordinator of the Cowboys. And Kellen Moore, it was a guy who the Cowboys were running out more different looks, more formations, more different plays than any other team in the league last year. And while I don't think Ben McAdoo is going to come in and be the second coming of Kellen Moore, uh, I'm hoping maybe there could be some learning moments that he got there that he could bring into this second chance as, as an offensive coordinator, you know? But there, there's something there, but I think safely top 25 is where I believe. What about you, Ben? Uh, before I answer that, you're a big Kellen Moore guy, right? Yeah, you love you love Kellen Moore? <laughs> okay. So that's why you're a little more positive on the Ben McAdoo thing than I am. You know, him having worked for your king for a year. Um, yeah, I mean, if the Panthers can finish with, like, the 18th best offense in the league, I would call that a win. Um with the skill position talent they have and the improved offensive line, which we'll talk about here in a second, and an improvement at quarterback in Baker Mayfield, I would like to think that that can be like a top 20 offense. But like you said, realistically, we are worlds behind some of the other teams that play football in the National Football League right now offensively. So. I think my my ceiling is like the 17th, 18th best offense, and realistically, they'll probably be in the high, like upper 20s, like, you know, 22, 23. Um, So to start our state of the roster, um, moving past the coordinator in Ben McAdoo, we're going to kick it off with the offensive line. Um, Ian, kind of like I asked you with the whole Ben Mac with Ben McAdoo, umbrella thoughts overall thoughts on the offensive line as a whole currently. Uh, it's a team that it's a unit that desperately needed help. Uh, according yeah. to PFF, <laughs> they were the thirty-first out of thirty-two teams in the NFL best offensive line unit in the league last year. Uh, they desperately needed help. I appreciated the offseason process towards offensive line a bit more this offseason we're bringing in uh, Corbett from the Rams and Bozeman from the Ravens respectively Uh, I think this is the most we've had to look forward to in offensive line in a while Uh, but uh, as a whole I'm expecting there needing to be time for continuity and getting things together and uh, hoping to be a middle of the line offensive line by the end of the season I think is what I'm looking for with this unit yeah, I said, I think a lot of the same things as you. I, I feel like the front office took more of a patient approach to building the offensive line. Unlike last year where they just handed out those massive contracts early to Pat Elfline and Cam Irving. Um, so yeah, I appreciate the patient approach. I, I like everything that they did. And that is the first time I could say that about a Panthers offensive line in a while. I feel like we have at least an average to potentially above average starter at every position. Uh, the question is, is how are they going to gel? How long is that going to take? What is the offense going to look like? Is it going to play to their strengths? And really the biggest question I have for the offensive, two biggest questions I have for the offensive line is, is Icky going to look like a starter day one? Is he going to come in and be like, 
the Rashawn Slaters of the world and play at a Pro Bowl, if not all pro level, year one. And who is going to play left guard? And if it's Brady Christensen, can he actually be an above average left guard? You know, How do you feel last about season Brady Christensen? I I think that he's going to start at left guard. I mean, if you remember last year, Matt Rule's whole thing about him not playing left tackle is that his arms were too short, and then he rarely actually ran him out at guard. So I don't know what the plan is with him. I was a fan of him coming out of college. I think that he has the potential to be a pretty solid offensive lineman, but he didn't get the snaps or, the again, the continuity in position to show that last year. So I'm hopeful that they. I'm hopeful that he gets that chance this year. I'm hopeful that he is the day one starter, um, and can kind of give a, get a chance to prove himself. If not, Pat Elfline is a much better uh, left guard than he is a center. So no, that's not true. He's a better center than he is a left guard. Um, yeah, Pat Elfline playing left guard is not great. And another guy I was just thinking of is Deontay Brown, the like, like mountain of a man we drafted last year. We'd love to maybe see him get some extended run in the preseason to see if he can carve out a role on this team as well. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping we have we have more depth than we've had in a while. Mm-hmm. Last year, Moten, going back to PFF numbers, put he had a 77.8 uh, grade on the season, which is pretty good. It's fine for a right tackle. That's above average. Uh, but he was the only offensive lineman who had above a 67, and one of two that had above like a 53 on the team mm-hmm. the panthers actually had three offensive linemen with a pass grade below 40 from last season um and when it comes to bozeman and corbett being the two biggest additions to the offensive line from free agency and icky from the draft in the first round i feel a lot better about our rushing uh our, yeah. our rush blocking for the coming season um i don't think bozeman or corbett will make the biggest difference in the world in pass blocking but i'm hoping the west style offense uh will maybe mitigate some of that that we'll have missing especially with the younger guys on the left and the more run black oriented guys on the right uh bozeman and corbett would have easily been the second and third highest graded offensive linemen on the team last year at 73 and 69 respectively on pff so i'm hoping continuity at the very least health uh, health giving will be something that we could see this year, which we have not had in quite a few years. Yeah, and you said the depth is so much better. I, having like a Pat Elfline and Cam Irving as your sixth and seventh offensive linemen, that is not a bad thing at all. They are able to fill in when needed. They're veterans who have gotten a lot of run in their career. Um, it's like perfectly fine to have those guys as backup offensive linemen. So, like you were saying, the Corbett and Bozeman are for sure going to be massive upgrades in the run game. But if they can even just be, I don't know, 15, 20% better as pass blocking options, then that's when we can see this offense kind of making their way into like the late teens, like inefficiency. Um, that is I truly the biggest part of what I think needs to happen for this team uh, in order to have a good offense is the offensive line actually like plays well i think it's Um, hard to be worse than last year i got an over under for you okay john miller michael jordan are guards who started a combined 21 games last season okay over under 12 and a half sacks allowed in 21 games having watched every panthers game last year i think it's i think it's probably over yeah no it's 13 which is (laughs) in 21 games 13 just between those two guys 
Um, right. I, I don't think there's any way to go down from where we were. Uh, right. And that alone is worth maybe skipping a few extra golf outings on Sundays this fall. Yeah. So if you grade the offensive line as a whole, what would you say? Give it uh, a letter grade. I'd probably say a C. C plus for okay. process. I, I like where we're at, but uh, where we're at is hoping to be fine, which is... Mm-hmm. It's it's fine. <laughs> yeah. I said... I wrote down B minus originally, but after having this conversation and having not seen them on the field at all and still being, what, 60 days away from week one, a C plus is probably where I will sit right now as well. With the potential of them, you know, to become a B, B plus, the talent is there. They just need the reps and the continuity to do it. So we'll move on from offensive line to tight end. Um Ian, overall thoughts on the tight end position in Carolina? I don't think there is a less inspiring tight end room in the entire NFL. <laughs> I, As I was sitting this afternoon doing research for this podcast, I had maybe been thinking about the tight ends for five or ten minutes until I remembered that Ian Thomas is on the team. And Ian Thomas got a three-year, $16 million contract a couple months ago. He got that contract approximately like two days before he got arrested, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Sure did. Cool. <laughs> Something about Charlotte and getting arrested right before you were supposed to get a major contract. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I am completely uninspired by this group. Ian Thomas has had ample chance to be fine and hasn't even been fine yet. He has athletic tools, but he doesn't have much else, and it's not like his tools are screaming or anything like that. Uh, man hurts is what he is he's a good inline blocking tight end it's 2022 you still need those but they're not going to make or break your team uh when your team is looks like the panthers uh the big question is going to be tommy tommy trimble uh Mm -hmm. i personally don't see much uh upside there i mean i do see the upside i don't see enough plausible upside granted he's only been there a year uh tight ends take longer to develop than just about any other offensive position their breakouts tend to come about three or four years in so he's got time and i think he'll have ample opportunity to erase panthers fans memories of ian thomas this year if if he can take the opportunity Uh, i think they would gladly welcome it yeah we didn't just spend too much time on the tight end because like you said it is just an incredibly uninspiring group what i'm interested in seeing though is the McAdoo offense in New York through to the tight end a lot. We saw last year Dalton Schultz had a career year in Dallas, and Baker Mayfield threw to his tight ends a ton in Cleveland. So I'm, I'm just wondering, can Tremble be the guy that becomes a go-to target for Baker? Uh, I don't think – I think the answer is no. I, I don't see Tommy Tremble as that guy, and I definitely don't see Ian Thomas as that guy. So – I'm, I'm interested. I I don't know what the tight end position is going to be like in Carolina this year. It's definitely the, the Panthers not could going really to use be... a Dan Arnold type. Mm, yeah, <laughs> and you know what? The Panthers could not use C.J. Henderson because he was not great last year. You know, the Panthers could also use a third round pick that they sent with Dan Arnold to get C.J. Henderson. Yep. Yep. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it, it, we're there. We're there. Um, you know that was that was last year. We're we're 2022 now. Uh, I'll give the tight end yeah. a really really solid D plus. I don't think there's much room mm-hmm. to go below D plus if that is 
an added addition. Yes, they are good enough to be playing in the NFL. Giving them anything below a D plus would be disrespectful to the work that those guys have put in their entire lives. But I am so also sitting, also sitting at a solid C minus D plus. Uh, I I just don't I just don't know. I truly have no idea what to think about the tight end position for the Panthers. Even I mean, just you look at last year, they combined for what like. 30 catches between the two of them they were just never actually used in the passing game do you do you ha- have pff do they give uh pass blocking or run blocking grades for tight ends i'm sure do they know? do i don't have them on me but i know man hurts is okay. pretty decent and the other ones are not yeah sure well i mean that's what yeah moving on from the tight ends it's just a completely uninspiring position that i have no desire to talk anymore about uh, we will move away from the tight ends and go to wide receivers. Um, the skill position players in Carolina are honestly pretty interesting. Ian, overall thoughts on the receivers in Carolina? It's Rashad's, Rashad Higgins season. Uh, today, tomorrow, it. all of 2022, Rashad Higgins. Uh, I am stoked about him more than just about any other thing on the Panthers which it says so much about the state of the team. Um, in actuality, I love DJ Moore. He's perennially under, really under, underrated. Uh, he's put up 1,000 yards consistently with uh, under-par quarterback play. He is crisp, fun, and great. I think McAdoo's offense will only accent him further into developing into the all-pro-level wide receiver that he can and should be. Um, I have no faith in anyone else beyond Higgins. Uh, Marshall is fine. I think Robbie Anderson is going to see... One thing McAdoo's offenses do is they play a lot of short, 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 and then take some deep threats uh, long a couple times a game just to keep the defensive honest. I think that's what Robbie Anderson's going to do all season. I think he's going to have a super inefficient Mm -hmm. 30 yards down the field type of role, uh, and he'll see three or four passes a game like that, and maybe one will hit every few weeks. Um, I don't think he's necessarily set up to be the most successful guy in that role anymore, um, and that's hoping that Baker Mayfield and him were, are able to talk to each other and be in the same huddle. Uh, but, yeah, uh, I think there's some things to be excited about, uh, but it is a pretty top-heavy group. Uh, so going back to your Robbie Anderson point, I'm going to give you an over-under. The trade deadline is traditionally week nine. Does Robbie Anderson play over or under eight and a half games for the Carolina Panthers this year? Uh, I'm going to say physically on the field, over. Uh, games with catches, under. <laughs> okay, yeah. Maybe the better question is how many games does Robbie Anderson record a stat for the Carolina like, Panthers this year? I, I would not be surprised if they move on from Robbie at some point. I, there was some trade buzz with him earlier in the offseason. I mean, he threatened to retire a few weeks ago. I don't know how badly do you, do you he wants to be here. Do you know his off the top of your head? The con- Is he a potential casualty of the uh, I don't, but if you, I don't, but if you talk about Rashard Higgins or Terrace Marshall a little bit, I can yeah, look so them up Richard and find Higgins, them for you he is while you're shifty. talking. He is great in space. He is a wonderful route runner in the same vein as DJ Moore. Uh, I'd say he's actually probably even a little better in open space than DJ is uh, relative to having some deficiencies elsewhere else. Elsewhere else. Um, 
I think he was underutilized because of a pretty top-heavy room in Cleveland the last few years uh, with some guys that had some bigger contracts and bigger mouths to feed. I think Higgins was a steal for the contract we brought him in at, and all of those fantasy football nerds who have been screaming for release Higgins' season for about three years now I think are finally going to get their wish. And if Baker Mayfield, who I guess in thinking about it was his quarterback the last few years, uh, is able to maybe bring that connection that they've had from practice over. I think we're looking at a guy that could uh, get Panthers fans as excited as we were about Robbie when he played his first few games and was really having a great time uh, when he first got to Carolina. Uh, releasing Robbie Anderson would not save the Panthers money at all. He would cost us $9.7 million against the cap. We would save a grand total of $200,000. Uh, $200,000. Well, now that you Robbie say that, Anderson I've always been the biggest camp. Robbie Anderson fan. I think the, I think the Panthers should be <laughs> No, I'm kidding. Uh, no, Robbie Anderson is, I think, has potential to do something this season. He, I think he's put his foot in his mouth. I love that he may have been sticking up for Darnold. That's fine. Either way, I don't think his mouth is really the problem. I think it's the fact that I think he's a guy who relied on some physical traits. He's not good at football. Not be there at his current age anymore. And the offense isn't really set up for him. So I think he won't see more than one guy on the outside who will just trail him all game. Yeah, I am just – I'm not super high on Marshall. I don't feel wonderful about his rookie year uh, as – most people feel the same it's not that uh i need my receivers to 100 percent look like jamar uh chases their rookie year but he wasn't even seeing the field he was a healthy scratch in games at the end of the season uh he obviously inspired a little to no confidence to even get run out there from the coaching staff not that our coaching staff is currently shown to be the most uh winningest of coaching staffs and that's totally fine. But I would say I expect Robbie to see the field more than Marshall. Uh, but I don't expect either of them to have huge, huge box score implications. I would expect uh, CMC to have more success out wide than I would Marshall this coming season. Anybody else that you are excited about? Any other like receivers deeper down the roster? I mean, Shy Smith had some flashes. Charles Rambo is a guy that people are excited about. Yeah, another Charles Smith also got arrested. Uh, yeah, uh, anybody Zilstra else you're excited about? Is, yeah, Zilstra is a guy who I think is a fantastic end of roster wide receiver five kind of guy. I think he'll hold sure. that role. Uh, Charleston Rambo might be able to make some noise if he can make some plays on special teams. Uh, he was a great playmaker at Miami, so I think he'll have that opportunity to uh, find a role, but. I think Zilstra will make out the back end of the roster and the rest of the guys will be fighting for practice squad, which is fine. I don't really see anyone who sticks out to me too much besides the potential special teams playmaking of Rambo. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat. So grade the position unit, Panthers wide receivers. Uh, B minus, and that can jump up to a B plus if Rashard Higgins is seeing at least six targets a game. Hmm. Yeah, I I put them at B minus, and they are really really propped up by DJ Moore. Very much so. <laughs> yeah, DJ Moore accounts for ninety percent of that grid. Um, DJ Moore would be probably like a B plus by himself, so everybody else is kind of weighing him down. So from wide receivers, we will move to running backs. Uh, Christian McCaffrey obviously is the 
big hope the Panthers have. Um, signed Deonta Foreman this offseason. Chuba Hubbard is still around. Thoughts on the Panthers running back room? Uh, my biggest thought is feed CMC. If he's injured, he's mm. injured. That's fine. If he's healthy, play him, like, play him like he is. Uh, when he's healthy, he is a top three back at absolute worst who was breaking tons of records. He's a little older. That's fine. Manage his workload a little who you need to. Get him some healthier touches. But CMC, uh, this is – I don't consider this a make or break or anything. He's a great player. It's obviously going to come down to health. But uh, I don't believe in waiting for injuries to happen in the NFL. People get injured. It happens. CMC is a top-tier Hall of Fame talent running back who deserves to be fed as such. Uh, beyond him, Foreman is a metrics darling. Uh, I actually really like the addition. He's super inconsistent, wildly inconsistent. Uh, he had like uh, he had 566 yards in nine games starting, replacing Derrick Henry last year. Had a few touchdowns thrown in there. He had some really good games and some really boring games. Uh, but he's a guy metrics love a lot more than probably the eye test does. Uh, great change of pace. Great change of pace. Um, Hubbard is fine. He's a third running back who can uh, move the football forward a few yards a couple times mm. a game. If you need Matt Rule's wife's favorite player, Chuba Hubbard. Yeah, I, 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 again, I, we're on the same page with the Christian McCaffrey thing. Is you feed him until he can't eat anymore. That's that's just the whole thing. I mean, he is the straw that serves a drink in an offense like the Panthers, where there's not a quarterback that is going to like prop up the skill position players. Uh, the skill position players need to prop up the quarterback in Carolina. And Christian McCaffrey is arguably the best guy in the NFL to do that um, because he is just so versatile. I mean, obviously he can line up in the backfield and take 20 carries in a game, but he can also line up in the slot or even line up out wide and catch eight to 10 passes in a game as well. Um, Christian McCaffrey is the floor raiser for the Panthers offense and they need to feed him as much as possible. The other two guys are fine. I mean, Deonta Foreman is going to, is always a threat to break a carry 75 yards. Um, Chuba Hubbard is always a threat to run for four yards up the middle and get tackled by his ankles. Uh, we saw a lot of that last year, but it's Christian McCaffrey or bust truly. Yeah. I would like to see the Panthers take away some of the between the twenties carries for McCaffrey and have him just touch the ball in more high leverage areas, whether that's on targets or in the red zone. But I mean, he's going to touch the ball early and often all year. If he stays healthy, it just kind of is what it is. I truly believe one of the biggest paths to success and raising the floor for the win total for this year for the Panthers is to play McCaffrey out wide mm -hmm. more this season. Uh, Dante Foreman, going back to him, no running back saw more carries with uh, eight men in the box on defense last year than Dante Foreman's 44% hmm. of rushing attempts. Um, I think if we can get McCaffrey out wide, play both of them at the same time uh, in a split back formation, get them out there, give Foreman some more chance to operate, and he maybe those metrics can come a little bit to more success, uh, and get McCaffrey those high leverage touches like you see. I instantly think that that is the biggest floor-raising opportunity for the Panthers this season other than competent quarterback play. If Christian McCaffrey only played slot receiver, 
do you think he would be a top 15 receiver in the NFL? Top 15? I, I think yeah. I think he would be bored. Top twenty. Top twenty ish. Yeah. I, I, I could okay. see him close. I I would hesitate to put him there because I do think his size would limit him in some things. But he is one of those guys that can move all over the field and is a great Swiss Army knife. I don't think there is a running back in the league who is more integral to his team's ceiling and floor than Christian McCaffrey. Hmm. I 100% agree. I think Derrick Henry or Jonathan Taylor could make an you can make an argument for them, but those guys are just so rushing attempt heavy. They don't catch the ball like Christian McCaffrey does. And then you think about a guy like Austin Eckler who catches the ball a ton, but he is definitely not the like catalyst for the Chargers offense. There truly is I, I don't know if there's another non-quarterback in the league that is as important to their offense as Christian McCaffrey is. Yeah, no, I, I think there the are... only way we sniff 500 this season is is McCaffrey. I, and I truly believe that. All hail Christian McCaffrey. Truly, the, the king of Charlotte currently. Um, okay, grade the position group, the running back room in Carolina. Uh, I actually, I would give this one a solid, like, B+. Plus. It's safe, yeah. good options. Uh, the only gripe I would have is there's not very dynamic depth, uh, like the equivalent of having like a Kareem Hunt type second running back. I wouldn't say we have a one mm. B, but we have a heck of a one A and some pretty good floor after that. Yeah, it's an A minus for me, just because Christian McCaffrey is so freaking good. I mean, that's that just is what it is. He is the most dynamic running back in football, and if he stays healthy, he is the again the ceiling and floor raiser for this Panthers offense. Um all right, we'll move on last but not least the probably the most interesting quarterback room in the NFL. Uh on my unbiased opinion, it is just an eclectic group of three men who have all found their way to Carolina at this point in time. Um Ian, how did we get here? <laughs> four men yeah I, I i am very much leaving out pj walker because i think he stinks and that you will no one will ever change my mind on that um ian how did we get here how did we get to this point with the quarterbacks in carolina how we got here was a series of moves that if you look at them in a vacuum all made sense at the time the mm-hmm. bridgewater darnold baker those were all moves that in a vacuum makes sense a quarterback needs team. can i can i ask you to pause for a second what when we traded for sam darnold last april what were your thoughts i thought it was a great bet in a vacuum there was a lot of upside i thought the price was a little high but he's young enough that you could justify it and there was enough pedigree and upside there that if it hits then you got a steal of a price Sure. Uh, but yeah, I think in a vacuum, like I said, the moves were fine. Now, if, when you take a step back, which you need to uh, when you're building a football team and when you're going over your process, the process is flawed here. You can't make these types of bets over and over again and expect success. I think it's okay to make these types of moves, trading for these level of quarterbacks uh, when the time is right. 
And maybe the time was right once, maybe the time was right twice, maybe the time was right three times, but at some point you have to take a look in the mirror and say, we need to commit to something, and maybe that something isn't a quick fix. And as, as hopeful as I am for Baker, I think there are a few people in the league as hopeful uh, as I am for Baker this coming season. The process has been extremely flawed. Yeah, I mean, even going, I there's not been a quarterback move in Carolina that I have been overwhelmingly a fan of since they drafted Cam Newton in 2011. The Teddy Bridgewater signing, they gave. I feel like every time the every time the Panthers commit to a quarterback, they just give them way too much money and they commit way too much to them when they've all proven to just be average to below average options at quarterback in the NFL. For Teddy Bridgewater, three years ago, they gave him like a three-year, 50-something million dollar deal for him to be the starter just to cut him 10 months later. They traded a whole bunch of draft capital for Sam Darnold in the hopes that he could turn it around and become a solid NFL quarterback just to trade him 10 months, just to trade for Baker Mayfield 15 months later. And now they, in, in between there, we didn't even talk about Matt Corral yet, how they traded a third round pick for a project quarterback um, who has tools. Ian, you and I were texting that out of the draft. We said we want every quarterback but Matt Corral. There are text messages between the two of us that do say that. Yeah, um, oh, they, man. <laughs> they, yeah we, <laughs> we were down on Matt Corral and then they picked him and we both changed our tune pretty quickly. And then, you know, like what, last week they traded a conditional fifth round, conditional fourth round pick for Baker Mayfield. It's just everything just feels so short-sighted. It's like they're trying to put together, like get the last piece for a championship contending roster, which they're not. They're like, this is not a elite roster. We, there are still so many holes on both sides of the ball in Carolina and Baker Mayfield, like I said, is not going to raise the ceiling of the team. He's going to raise the floor. He's going to be better than Sam Darnold. Uh, he's going to be better than Matt Corral would be. But we're not winning multiple playoff games with Baker Mayfield as our quarterback, not on this roster. It, a quarterback like Baker Mayfield needs to have the perfect roster around him in order to go really far in the playoffs, and this roster is not it. Uh, I'm glad they traded for Baker. Like you, I'm optimistic on what he can bring to the team. I think he is in, what, the ninth, 18th, 19th best quarterback in the league. I feel like that's a number I keep throwing out. And that is a huge step up. Maybe 18th, in probably 19th. 18th, 19th. That's okay, being yeah. optimistic. He's the 23rd best quarterback in the league. No, no, no. He's, he's yeah, he's the 24th best quarterback in the league. Uh, I'm, I was saying that through my Panthers color classes. He's the 24th best quarterback in the league. That's an upgrade from the 32nd best quarterback, Sam Darnold, right? But – on a roster like the Panthers, what is the 24th best quarterback and the, I don't know, 22nd best roster in the league gets you? It gets you out of contention for drafting CJ Stroud or Bryce Young next year, which is what the Panthers uh, really need to do. Mayfield some more. Uh, no man has thrown more interceptions in the NFL since he joined the league than Baker Mayfield. He actually tops uh, Carolina faithful Sam Darnold by just a couple over that time period for uh, from first and second place. Uh, Baker Mayfield's a guy who's shown a lot of talent. He really has. He was billed as a guy with unteachable accuracy coming out. 
I love that about him. He's got that dog in him. He is wonderful in that regard. Uh, the issue has been he takes a few many more than a few too many chances. Uh, he has shown a rushed decision making and a fieriness that, uh, in general, I think fieriness is something that uh, can vilify people a little too quickly, but. I think his fieriness sometimes is legitimately getting in the way of his decision-making. Um, he showed a strange unwillingness to throw Odell Beckham the ball. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, when he was in Cleveland for a lot of his time there, there was just a lot of quarterback play that was confusing. It didn't – there wasn't a lack of talent. It was just poor decision-making. Um, with that said, I do think there is a lot of opportunity for the Baker Mayfield pre-shoulder injury to come back to Carolina with a chip on his shoulder and really put some admirable, admirable quarterback play together as much as one could with uh, a quarterback who was recently traded, Ben McAdoo, offensive coordinator, and skill position players outside of DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey, who would likely be bench players everywhere else. Um, Baker Mayfield is someone who I will tune in every single week to see what happens as long as he is the quarterback. I will give them that. I am excited to watch Baker Mayfield. There is just so much that could go wrong, and that is fine. I honestly think that's fine. I am team Baker Mayfield was the right decision. They got him for a good price. The money wasn't bad. The Baker Mayfield even took a pay cut to come to Carolina and get out of Cleveland. That's wonderful. Give me Baker Mayfield. I... I will ride with that man for the 10 games that he is the Panthers' starting quarterback this season until they inevitably do something that changes that. Um, I am so excited for those 10 games. The biggest issue I have is the obvious market deficiency that we've seen over the last few years that winning teams have started to exploit when possible is when you realize you have a good quarterback on a rookie contract, you build around him and go all in, because with the way that we have to pay quarterbacks nowadays, uh, it's so much easier to build a viable Super Bowl contending roster around good quarterbacks on rookie contracts. So if you're not a team who's ready for that, and you don't have a Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers type, you should just be taking as many shots at rookie quarterbacks who could be great on their rookie contract as you can. Build a decent base, don't go all in, wait for them to be good after a year or two, and then spend all of your money. How are the Panthers going to do anything close to that right now? I, I, that is the most frustrating part. To no fault of Baker's, this team is in no way set up to make the playoffs with him, much less do anything more than that. I mean, it would be a miracle to see a 8 or 9 win season this year. And again, that's like I said, that's just where I am with the whole Baker thing is we're trying and trying and trying to find this franchise quarterback off the scrap heap that's going to lead the next generation of Panther football, and it's not happening. Uh, Baker Baker's not going to do that. CJ Stroud, Justin Fields, Bryce Young, Mac Jones maybe could have done that. Those are guys that you can you, the Panthers could have drafted in years past. They could have set themselves up for the chance to draft next year. Um, but they're, again, continuing just to run on the treadmill of mediocrity with washouts like Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield. And who knows? Maybe Matt Corral will be the guy. In a, a year from now, he'll get to sit underneath Baker and Sam Darnold and learn from them and 
maybe he'll show some flashes at the end of the season and come back next year and win the starting job. Who knows? Maybe Matt Corral could be that guy. And that's why that's why we love sports, right? We love the hope. We love we love- I, pred- I My prediction is that Matt Corral will be the Jeremy Lin of quarterbacks. I think there will be a Corral sanity in maybe week 16, a year or two from now. He will be so exciting. He, he Teams won't have a game plan for him. He'll be fun. And then that'll be it. Um, so Sounds... that, that, we have that to look forward to in a couple of years, fans. Uh, mark it on your calendars. You're telling me that we drafted Matt Flynn, not Matt Corral. <laughs> Matt that's, Flynn, that's what I was going to say, yes. <laughs> that's what that sounds like, is we drafted Matt Flynn. But hey, hey Matt Flynn got... Matt Corral can make a lot of money in his career. And whatever, like, teams, whatever team signs him will then get the next Russell Wilson behind him. <laughs> if we're just going to go all the way through with this thing. Um, all right, last one. Ian, grade the position group. How are you gonna? How would you grade the Panthers' quarterback room? I think the talent, objectively in a vacuum, I would give it a C minus minus. I would give the process <laughs> a Q. Uh, that's <laughs> yeah, I would also give them probably a C, just because I. And probably a little bit higher than Baker on most than most, but a C doesn't win you Super Bowls. A C at the quarterback team does not win you Super Bowls unless you have the perfect roster around them, like a Joe Flacco or Eli Manning or late career <coughs> Peyton Manning. <laughs> sorry, excuse me. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> sorry, excuse me. Yeah. Um, with that, that is our state of the roster uh, offensive edition. Ian, any final thoughts before we close out? Buy your Richard Higgins jersey before it gets too expensive. That is exactly what I want to leave this show on. Uh, so, like I said at the beginning, my name is Matt Alkiza. I have been joined today by Ian Black, and we look forward to bringing you on the prowl all year. Thanks for listening.